What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the team. I'm Jake, joined by Cole, Matt, Adam, and Aaron for a little bit of Friday fun, where we're going to be talking about books. And I don't actually mean books because I don't know how many of the people actually. I think almost everybody in this probably reads pretty pretty uh, frequently. Uh, I never read books. I was gonna say, aside from Adam. <laughs> Um, although Adam's even gotten on the book reading train more than and the more recently than he was when we were all living in the same house. Matt lived in books all growing up. Uh Aaron, I met just the same because mm-hmm. she's also an English major. Uh side things. Sure, sure. And then Cole, I don't know. What's your opinion on reading in general? I read <laughs> multiple books over short periods of time. So all right. So Cole's big on the reading side too. All right. But for all those of you listening who aren't big into books and we're wondering why we're talking about books and movie podcasts, that's because we are going to be talking about the best and worst or favorite slash least favorite book to movie adaptations. Now the ground rules here are just that these are only book to movie adaptations. The TV show adaptations tend to do better because they tend to be more faithful to the source material and don't have to cut out as much stuff. So we're leaving those off the table for this conversation, just movies. Uh, all books are on the table. So I guess if you're the one to go like the documentary route and a nonfiction book, you could probably do that too. But at which point I'm going to point and laugh and call you a nerd. So who wants to get us kicked off with there? Let's start with the, the best, because I'm sure the best will be more agreeable than the, the worst. Not everybody all at once. It's okay. Go ahead, Cole. So what's your best? It's the original, the fellowship of the ring, that book to movie. Um, No, it's not perfect. (laughs) There's none of them are, uh-huh. but I, I think it does hit on all the main points and it really gets a good grasp of the characters um, from the book and you really see them, you know, especially Gandalf, you know, he's such a good character, not inconsequential at all. Um, <laughs> for those of you listening, Cole's making a dig to a out, an out of taken way to the extreme kind of comment <laughs> that I made in a previous podcast, but it's really like the worst thing you could have said i mean it's i'm gonna stick by it now i'm still there's such jerks about it still shocked your sister-in-law hasn't murdered you in your sleep yeah i'll be living closer now in the near future (laughs) so she might yeah no i would say that just the fellowship of the ring the adaptation now i can't speak to the other two because i have not gotten through those two yet as a book so i can't speak to the how well they are i just it only goes downhill it only goes downhill. <laughs> I like the original. I think they do a really good job for the original. I will say the book has so much detail, though. But that's how Tolkien is. So, anyways, I for mean, me, yeah. the best is the Tolkien wants to spend like eight pages talking about a tree. Like, <laughs> true, true. That is true. I like that. All right. What else we got? My book lovers over there, Matt. Matt. Aaron? Uh, I have a. I'm not ready. An yet. unusual choice. Um, because I, so I don't think this movie, uh, stuck as closely to the actual books, like plot as most people would have liked, uh, but it did a fantastic job of capturing like the exact same way I felt while reading the book. Like I was, when I was watching the movie, I felt the same way as I did when I was reading the book. Uh, and that is, uh, Annihilation, uh, which came out three or four years ago, uh, sci-fi movie starring Natalie Portman, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson. <gasps> yeah. Uh, they're a team of scientists who go into movie. this like 
weird ass world. Yep. Yeah, essentially. They go through a barrier that no one else has come out of, and they're not sure how it's going to affect them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah movie's yeah, trippy. This, yeah, this strange area has appeared. Anyone who goes into explore doesn't come back, um, or the like. A couple people have come back, and they've been like majorly fucked up. Um, but yeah it's a weird movie um really interesting and it's a hard movie to describe and and that's much the same way I felt about the book um and it was beautiful though and this is one of those adaptations where I think they made the smart choice to capture like the spirit of what they were of what the book was doing rather than try and painstakingly get every single detail um, and I think they did a really good job. Yeah, I remember re- I remember watching that uh, that movie and thinking this is a weird. It was it was a movie that was fully unpredictable for someone who hadn't read the book, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I had no idea what was going on. Like not in the fact that it didn't make sense, but like just didn't know what was going on, that like what was going to happen next, and like where it was all going to, which was the interesting part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron, I what think- about you? Um. I'm gonna have to say, um, oh my God, I can't think of the name. Pass, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I already won. <laughs> Jake, hang on. I'm, uh, they're gonna ask for my degree back for me blanking on the name on this one. That's all right. Adam, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with. Ready Player One? Oh, I have uh, no. <laughs> for for, for a, one of the better adaptations, and I think one that really brings the, the book to life is Jurassic Park. Mm. There, there are there are some nuanced stuff that I think they get away with and allows it to to work. Now let's not talk about the other movies. Let's just talk about the first one because I think the first one really comes closer to the actual source material than any of the other ones for the first to begin with. But yeah. I think it it really they re- really did a good job of creating the visual dynamics, telling the story that of a park that, you know, everybody knows Jurassic Park. So. And I get, I a hundred percent get what you're saying. Um, and I think actually a lot of my criticisms for why, for what the, the pieces that they didn't do in the, in the movie makes sense with the technology that they had at the time, there would have been a lot of really bad CG moments uh, to try and shoehorn the book into the movie. Because like they did such a good job blending it right now because of the, the limited exposure that we actually have to the dinosaurs doing a whole lot of movement per se. Like mm-hmm. it's all in short bursts where they could spend a lot of time making it CG really good. And then the rest of it's animatronics or like just I was going to say this because it wasn't CG. I'm not saying the rest of it that <laughs> is exposed like long versions is like actual animatronics or really detailed like costuming. Hey, look, and- they spared no expense. <laughs> This is, this is, that was real amber on his cane okay this is exactly the point i was just trying to make though like i think people when their favorite book or whatever gets adapted into a movie get way too caught up in like oh they got this wrong and they got this wrong and they got this wrong and this didn't happen and this didn't happen but i think what you have to do when you're adapting a book into a movie is like you have to decide you're never going to be able to fit everything that happens in this book into a, a reasonable length movie like no matter what book it is unless you're adapting green eggs and ham into a feature length film <laughs> like there's even time. then you're still gonna Give cut out time. fox and socks <laughs> uh but so you have to like look at the movie you're trying to make and the book that it's about and be like what can i take from this 
that will like keep true to the core of this book while adapting it to something that's going to look good and and play well in a two-hour movie yeah uh, and and that's the challenge and depending on the book it can be much more challenging but yep and that's actually why i chose my favorite uh and that's the third harry potter movie prisoner of azkaban i mm. think that one is the best harry potter movie for let's sure. say it's it's definitely As the best film the best movie the best harry potter it might not be the best harry potter book and not the best part of the, the overall story but it is definitely the best part of the film and the whole dark tone that it has the suspense building of what's going on with Sirius black like everything about it gary oldman's great too uh and to to that point all the pieces that they did cut out from the book seemed very inconsequential uh (laughs) in in the grand scheme of things like everything that needed to be in here was in here and they didn't try to shoehorn extra pieces in like they didn't try to overtly tie in voldemort and the unnecessary like, oh yeah, remember this big bad guy still there? Like everybody was watching the third movie at this point. New Voldemort That's the lost was still book. around. Like, Voldemort and the unnecessary bad guy. Like everybody knew he the was lost there. Canon. <laughs> and so I like that that's what they did with it. And it stuck it stood true to a lot of the characters before they got all angsty in the fourth movie. So listen, teenage years are hard for some people. I get it. I get it. Um so what was throwing me was I was trying to remember the name of the na- I was trying to remember the names of the actors other than we just um, needed a book title. Karen Knightley. I know. Uh, so, Pride and Prejudice is mine. The, okay. but very specifically, the Karen Knightley, Knightley, Matthew version. McFadden version. Pride and Prejudice um, and Zombies. Got it. Fucking never. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> to me, honestly, it was one of those ones where, like, when I went back and reread the book, I remembered the things I liked about the book, but it filled in the gaps that uh, that time period of literature lacked in um i'm watching matt make a face so i don't know no, I'm, I, I just feel like everyone yet. always loves the colin firth pride and prejudice the most Mm-mm. Mm-mm. this one to me I i'm just, not I, i'm not judging you at all for you. <laughs> i just feel like it's a not the traditional favorite pride and prejudice movie choice i like it they they capture so a lot of that time period which which is difficult to capture on film is the chemistry and the, the nuances so the the i fully i'm fully invested fascinated and know nothing about that person across the room for me but society and propriety don't allow me to ask too many questions and they do a lot with like unspoken body language unspoken just looks um you know the 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 words that they you know the dialogue they can take from the book they they play it up and there's a lot of I don't know. I just think they do a really great job of capturing both like the feeling of what it was like to try and have a romance in that time. And also like romantic love wasn't a thing um, per se, it was, like a, a lot of arranged marriages, a lot of people like this, it, the whole idea itself is romanticized, but then like to have a marriage from just love and, and attraction was already a romanticized idea. And then to take it even further and see that played out in the, in the sort of unspoken ways that they, they do it. And the, oh God, that confession of, of love in the freaking gazebo thing. Even, even the straight guys know what I'm talking about. I think right? it's just, I, a ga- I think it's just called a gazebo. I don't think it's called a gazebo, a gazebo thing. thing. <laughs> well, I couldn't remember if it was a gazebo or it's got columns. It's not like your traditional wicker, whatever. Screen. They have a different but, word for uh, I'm pretty sure it's like what it is in the sound of music people, too. What is like a portcullis? <laughs> Calm down. I don't know. What is this, Jeopardy? We're asking the form. We're asking in a form of question. Anyway, the part where he's just like losing his his his. 
I'll stop talking. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. About <laughs> no, Aaron, what were that you confession, say? that confession the, goes down in time as one of the ones this where is this guy is, this guy is in like full abandon. He's abandoned everything he knows about uh, the rules of propriety, the rules of being a gentleman, the rules of everything else. And he's just out there just like declaring his love, which doesn't happen ever in real life like that. Um, so <laughs> I, not like that. Heroes. Not like that. Sorry. So I just think it was, it was, and, 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 and it needs to be like, what makes it like that is the sheer abandon of everything else. So like, mm-hmm. it's not that uncommon for a guy to express affection towards his spouse now, but back then for you to have this person who you've maybe seen three or four times at a party and you're just saying, Hey, listen, I love you forever. And genuinely meaning it like that's something that is very extreme and then just know. do a good job of not making it seem so out of place. That seemed to work pretty well for Romeo and Juliet too. So, uh, yeah, the <laughs> two dead teenagers, you worked out great. Hey, you know they saw each other a couple of times, and then they're like, "I love you forever," and that was that was and it. Forever literally was each, exactly. They literally three saw days each other later. once, yeah, and they were great. like, "Yep, forever." forever I thought it was. Go. I thought it was. They didn't even hook up, and they killed Romeo each had just broken themselves. up with another girl, and he was like, "Am I ever gonna love again?" Oh, hey, look at her. <laughs> look at her. Yeah. And for those of you who are wondering, when they were saying not like that, and they didn't have that back then, I was holding up my hands over my head like a boombox uh, from John Cusack. So, yeah, <laughs> say anything. Say anything is right. Any, all right, so Aaron, what's your worst movie or book to movie adaptation? Mm, mine's yeah. actually recent. I okay. would say The Woman in the Window. Netflix. Uh, that's right. Had, we were just talking about that recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. Netflix had a stellar cast. They had a fantastic, suspenseful, one of the murder mysteries in the last few years that got me, which doesn't happen. Like I've said before, not to toot my own horn, but I get very, I, 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 like to guess things very early in books and I'm usually fairly accurate. They got me on that Aaron one. Aaron is a serial killer in disguise is what she's been saying to everybody. For Listen, mm-hmm. for nothing years, has no been proven, but I do live in Florida. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I have a deposit box with a note that says if I die it's because of Aaron. <laughs> you are the one who always says if I'm ever on the news for something, you're going to be like, I saw it coming. Yeah, I um, say, at these I've been podcasts, telling people for years she was going to snap. These podcasts will play really well in court for you, Aaron. So, <laughs> I mean, they definitely won't. But I also wouldn't hurt a, a, a fly. So maybe a cockroach, but that's it. So anyway, I uh, I would say that it, it was they had a fly before. So they had wonderful <laughs> source material. They had this fantastic cast, and they just didn't fucking deliver. And they also had the platform of being on Netflix. So as we've recently learned, you can get away with a lot of shit on Netflix, cough, mm-hmm. sex life. Like you can get away with a lot of stuff on Netflix that you like can't get away with everywhere else. And I was anticipating them to do better. I was very excited for that movie to come out. It's one of my favorite books that I've read in the last couple of years. And I was disappointed with the end project from everybody involved. So what you're saying is I should read the book, not watch the movie. Mm-hmm. You should definitely read the book. Okay. I got, I got an 18 hour drive coming up in the not so distant future. I might, uh, I might audiobook. get that ebook. Yep. Might audiobook that. Mom might already own that audiobook, actually. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, Matt. Uh, so, my least favorite book adaptation uh, is something that has thankfully since been done much, much better. Uh, but this is a book that was near and dear to my heart when I was a child. Uh, more so than Harry Potter was. Uh, And 
everyone who knows me knows how much I love Harry Potter. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Uh, but the His Dark Materials series by Philip mm. Pullman uh, was my favorite books when I was like 10 years old. Still to this day, I love them. I, I've read them probably a dozen times at least. Uh, but the movie that came out in like 2007, 2008, something like that, uh, was just hot garbage. Weak sauce. <laughs> Weak sauce. And it, it was so disappointing too, because they really did a, a phenomenal job with the casting. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig were both like Amazing. spot on perfect for the roles they were cast in. Uh, it was phenomenal. And then like the movie came and they just like dropped every single like thing that made the books not just a generic adventure story. <laughs> like Yeah, it, it made you every it was complex one of theme, every like complicated idea about a character, it was just gone and one uh, of those things that made you wonder if the writers even like read the book before they yeah, gave like, up the right. screenplay. Like who Or if they had a friend of a friend and... tell them what they thought they read. <laughs> like I said, it has thankfully since then been done very well by HBO as a oh, wow. TV series. Uh, two seasons of it are out so far. There's, I sure as hell better be a third season coming. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they don't finish it, I'm going to murder somebody. Uh, Actually. So Aaron and I can go to jail together. Hooray! <laughs> Cole, Cole, give me your non uh, Ready Player One answer. Anything what? else, but we all know you hate Ready Player One. Yep. What we, else we, you we've got? heard it. We've heard it. We need something new. Uh, Give the people what they second want. Second worst. Um, Watch him Google. I'm going to say, Cole's like, <laughs> come back to me. Adam, what do you got? What's your least, uh, least Ready favorite? Player One? Now you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Uh, honestly, I thought Matt's was going to be something different. I thought Matt was going to go with Artemis Fowl. Oh, I, mean, oh. I wiped that movie from existence in my brain. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It just doesn't I'm going to mention Aragon because equally terrible. Yes, if anybody wants to read just like a, a page and a half of uh, trashing Artemis Fowl, it's on our website. Now <laughs> I'm just remembering that movie and how god awful it was. Oh. Can I say, I feel like I did a, uh, just while Cole is searching, since Adam, Adam, do you have one other than Ready Player One? It's Artemis Fowl. It is Artemis Fowl. Okay. Yeah, because Artemis Fowl is terrible. It, it was, was so bad. The books that... are so good and they had so much future potential. I'm yes. convinced. There's so much whoever, source material. I can, I'm convinced that whoever wrote that script literally just looked at like the Wikipedia plot summary for the first three books and was like, <laughs> yeah, I can come up with something. It'll be fine. I'm going to hand this book. Names. I'm going to hand this book gonna, to my eight year old kid, tell him to read it, and then tell me what the book's about. I got the character names. There's some fairies. We'll make it work. Don't worry. Like, I feel like they really dropped so the ball potential. with the Narnia franchise too. Like some of the later ones were okay. Like Prince Caspian was pretty true to the book if, as I remember the book. But as I was doing a reread of the Chronicles of Narnia a couple of years ago, there's a, so much content there and such like- That's because it's a lot darker are... than what they allowed the, the movies to be. Yeah. Right, but well, also not for nothing. I was reading those when I was in fourth grade. So like if they could handle the book, they could handle the movie, make it what it was. And it, it again had so much potential because like casting Tilda Swinton to be the White Witch is like such brilliant casting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was yes. great. They they tried to make it too much of a spectacle for the religious groups. True. Yep. Mm. And that's Listen, I think where they, they fell short. Yep. 
C.S. I could say, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even thought of that. That's a good was religious. He was not like a cult leader. He wasn't like I mean, the <laughs> he Narnia, wasn't, he was the religious, but he wasn't like, like very clear biblical allegories. But mm-hmm. yeah, called, but we also have magic rings that you cast into the ground, jump into pools, you go to different <laughs> worlds. Like there is so it's much true. movie potential in them. Even if like, especially some of the earlier books that get kind of cast off a lot because they're not fully, you know, sword fights in Aslan. But there's so much going on in some of those earlier stories where there are a bunch of mini stories. Like that could have been an amazing mini series, huh. like a television series based on the earlier ones would have been great. That but they just really would... dropped want... the ball, and hopefully they come back. We want huh? credit for that if they yeah. come out with that. Yeah, we'll if they credit. come out, it was TV me. It was be, us. They could make something pretty great with that. I think Higher just as long as we don't give it to ABC. Team. The Chronic. What? Close enough. HBO or Death. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I want Liam Hold Neeson back as time. Aslan. <laughs> I mean, he was. He, don't get me wrong. He was his a voice great is great. Aslan. I want to yeah. listen like, back as the White Witch. <laughs> also true. But I, I don't know. I feel like there Cole was, there was a lot of, of missed opportunities there I'm with fine. that book series. I had to find right. a second something? thing. Yeah, go ahead, Cole. What's yeah. your second thing? I don't dis. I mean, the dislike for Ready Player One is so far. my second one it's very visceral and the fact that the writer of the book gave it the green light makes it even worse it's even worse although george anyways we won't go there we won't go there season eight of game of thrones too so yeah that's because he hadn't written it he was he was he was testing source material he didn't want to do anything (laughs) wrong it's my acting theory on that one so he's like well wise. that's not how i'm gonna end yeah. my book now but thanks guys right here's an idea i have oh the public hates it oh they hate it a lot shit shit rewrite 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 poor cool we keep it so cool your second choice is <laughs> very even distant second, second choice is harry potter and a deathly hallows part two. Oh no oh. part one no part Either one, one of them i just i well the fact that they broke it into two whatever but i really enjoy that book i know it's super long Yes, but I yep. really do enjoy that book, and I felt like I don't know. I just, maybe it's just the ending. The, the final fight is just mm. such a. I think it's just the final fight that just ruins. It's kind of like you know, game. Of That's Thrones. actually why the uh, the Half Blood Prince was like the Half Blood Prince isn't my least favorite of the movies, but it's the one I remember seeing in theaters and being the most disappointed of because there's supposed to be like this first big battle of Hogwarts there as Snape and all the Death Eaters are making their escape, and they just mm-hmm. walk out the front door, like nothing yeah. happens. I was like. Nobody's gonna do anything. <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> I think I think for me, like I had already I had seen all the movies before and the books, but like when I was listening to the book on Audible, I was like that whole end scene with Voldemort and Harry going back and forth the route with everyone watching. I was like, I wanted that mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Great Hall. I want that. I don't I don't want him Thanosing himself out of here um, with uh. Hey, he yeah. just didn't feel so good, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I... It, it was just such an anticlimactic fight. Like It yeah. was. And Especially the since they've had such yeah. good battles before that, too. Like, they've met... Mm-hmm. This isn't the first mm-hmm. time they've met. And they did a good good job leading up to, like, that final scene where, like, they're flying around, like, the, mm-hmm. the school. Like, even that was, like, pretty, like, exciting. And then they get to this final, like, piece, and you're just like, that's it? Like, that's how it's going to end? Really? Well, I, mean, I think, honestly, my favorite fight between Harry and Voldemort is in Goblet of Fire. Mm, that the, was the, a good Oh, their one. first one? Yeah, that yeah. was... In the, in, in like, from a movie standpoint, portraying what the book... Like, I just finished the Goblet of Fire for, like, the fifth time, 
the other day. And that's the one where they're in the, the room full of crystal balls, right? No, or like the no. memories are on that's, shelves. No, 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 that's Order of the Phoenix. Oh, thank you. Okay, sorry, my bad. No, but in Goblet of Fire, I just like the whole like when the wands touch and they have mm. <laughs> there's no the other way to put that. Graveyard transport, yeah. <laughs> I love when the wands touch. Brother wands, you know. It's like the excerpts <laughs> from Harry Potter where they replace wand with wang. <laughs> or literally any Harry Potter fan fiction on the entire internet ever. Uh, All gay porn. I was going to say something. I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> It's related. <laughs> and on that note, let's wrap this bad boy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't even got to say what I wanted to say. Well, you better interject. Uh, no, oh, it's I, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, I don't think this is a controversial opinion at all. Uh, no. I think that one of the worst things the Harry Potter movies did uh, was just be like, yeah, the Death Eaters can turn into black smoke and fly. Like, it's it's fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's right. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Well, and then the and then the orders can like all the members of the order of Phoenix can turn into white smoke and fly around with them too. Like it was just like, why? Yeah, Probably was... cheaper cheaper than doing any other special effect, I suppose. Maybe <laughs> hashtag cop out. Yes, yeah, smoke but, is a cheap special effect. So. Uh, the the part of it that I thought was interesting off of Cole's because it is a really cool scene in the in the graveyard there of the fourth movie is like I love how afterwards Dumbledore talks to Harry about like that whole priori incantatum or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. uh is super rare like it never happens like you have to like really be intentional about it and like literally every time harry and voldemort meet and like half the time other people meet after that it happens constantly like it's like the only thing that harry and voldemort can do apparently is do this kind of battle so anywho i got two uh hold on can i just interject we're talking about harry potter really quick yeah go for it there is one scene and i'm gonna i can't remember what book it is it's one of the later ones tell you but it's when harry just lets uh uh, Dumbledore have it in his office and there's like this I think it's in the fifth book yeah that's what it is probably right. the fifth one yeah it's, yeah, it's right after at the Sirius end dies. and it's like after after Sirius dies he's gone through everything and like I I listen I, I will literally find that scene and re-listen to it not the whole book just that scene and I'm just mm-hmm. so disappointed like if you can listen to it or read it and you can feel the tension feel and the angst something. and the frustration and I'm like, why didn't you make this a scene in the movie? Because it would have been mm-hmm. epic. Cole, I just have one question for you. Yeah. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> he said oh calmly. <laughs> that was that was Matt's calm voice, actually. Uh, <laughs> All right, so I got Matt's only voice is calm voice. <sighs> There's a, probably a reason for that. I'm gonna start an <laughs> ASMR YouTube channel. Oh my god. So I got an honorable mention because uh, it's not actually my least. Uh, my honorable mention is a, a movie series that I think gets a really bad rap. Uh, the movies are definitely bad, uh, but the books got a worse rap for them because the movies are so bad. And that's the Twilight series. Uh, as somebody, no, it's hold, all bad. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, I, I get it. I'm not trying. Let me fully explain myself here. I'm no. not trying to say that either of these are good on their own, but the books are still better than the movies. And that the reason for that is I read all four of them uh, because I was a puppy love high schooler trying to impress my my now now wife with my knowledge of what she was interested in i read all four of them because i'm super gay <laughs> i've only read three how are you both i can't even with the fact that um and like i said books themselves they're still i mean they are essentially like a diary of a teenage girl who's apparently in love with both a vampire and a werewolf at the same time and all this other cool stuff very toxic and relationships like too yes and and written like that is right like it's very simple to read um 
the books and the, the books themselves they'll at least get to capture like some of the emotion like you, a lot of the more of the inner thinking of bella and like all this other stuff where the movie is just <laughs> there's don't. not much inner thinking going I mean, on <laughs> get out of here as portrayed uh, very accurately by Kristen stewart and her open mouth on tv sorry on the big screen i would say not tv but my actual choice is a, is a movie as a book series i liked a lot better and that was the divergent series and the movie oh are so good trash. The movies are so bad. I never uh, read the books, the but the, I thought the movies were trash. No, I never read the, say, saw the movies. The movies turned this dark, weird. It, it took like a darkish Hunger Games style world and turned it into this like campy love conquers all nonsense. Like the okay, from the, the movies, outside, I didn't get that at all. It could have been. I do agree. It could have been darker, but I didn't get it can't be love conquers all feeling from the movies the movies focus much more on the relationship of the two main characters whose names Turn i forget four. yeah because i can four tris and four um focuses much more on their relationship than the book does the book is much more on like the political the moves going on to restore balance essentially the in, in undivide the factions that the government has created for them mm. uh and the books just kind of gloss over that. And it, all of that just is kind of in the way of their relationship. And that's the problem I have with the movies. Yeah, there was a lot more depth to the factions and the actual world they were living in in the books. Mm-hmm. I, I read the books after seeing the first movie. I went back and... And the first one's the best. Um, like, it's a decent movie by itself. The second and third one get even worse. Like, they're just... And now the series will never be finished. See, and I still like them, but, I, but I'm also someone who goes into those things very intentionally seeing i try to see them as separate entities because i do understand that there's a lot in a book that you can't translate in two hours of a movie yeah if a book takes you like on your best day like eight to ten hours of sit time to read you can't you can't possibly get it all in but very true i i didn't have as strong of a reaction to that as you did um yes. like it was, but I, it was I do to the point where i didn't even from. see the third movie because i was like no the second one the second one, especially the first one, I didn't even want to watch after, but the second one, like, just killed it for me. I was like, nope, I'm definitely not even bothering to. I will I'm say, not I remember really not liking the way the books ended. So I didn't have as much of a problem with the movies because they ended differently. Well, they didn't end. I, say, didn't. I don't think they, re- I don't think she finished the writing. Fine. They didn't. No, end, the, the but... movies didn't end. They, it, they like stopped production stopped on the last movie them. and then it's just never, never going to happen. <laughs> crazy yeah anyway i didn't like the way it ended regardless i remember reading it and not loving it what about the giver anybody anybody have feelings on the giver i never watched I the movie, movie. Uh, i love I the book ruin I that the book. book is great i don't want to yeah, yeah don't, and, don't the, and the honestly that book is great but it's one of those ones like once you've read it once or twice you're probably fine not reading it again and the ending Truth. to me is so sad that i did it not very sad. To see it acted out i didn't need to see it especially like oh that coming into remind, we have another terrible movie adaptation though all right get it to me real quick then we gonna wrap it up ender's game <laughs> yes oh yeah that is terrible terrible i, I love that read, book never read i haven't book. read the book okay, okay. The book. you did enjoy the movie the book is 100 percent still worth reading yes and it's uh, better and is so much better than the, than the movie which is a perfect example of how if you read the book first the movie can be terrible yep. if the movie the movie can be decent even if it's bad by the book standards even if you read the book afterwards. Mm. No, it, 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 except in the case of uh, Ready Player One. 
Nah, see, but you still enjoyed the movie when you saw it before you read the book. I no, really liked the I movie. Didn't. I have never read the book. Didn't you read? I've, no, actually, I've I read did the that book. one the opposite way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you watch the movie. if you watch the movie first and then read the book, like that's the key. Like, if you if you're ever on the fence of like, oh, should I read the book first? Go watch the movie and then no. read the book. <laughs> that's the terrible advice. <laughs> the book, the movie didn't exist when I read the book, but the book will almost assuredly ruin the movie for you. That just means just, we needed to make just a better like movie. The Hobbit. If we're talking like about should, Ready Player One, we shouldn't one, be accepting mediocre art just for the sake of mediocre art. <laughs> like, I'm just it was trying just a to big Steven it. Spielberg commercial for Steven Spielberg. That's what Ready Player One was. They tried to throw nostalgia as the main storyline and ruined everything else from the book. I knew we wouldn't be able to keep Cole from ranting about Ready no, Player One not. at some point. Hey, hey Cole, <laughs> Cole should we should we talk about the Hobbit? Hobbit was horrible too. Well, that's horrible. <laughs> let's let's split the book into it. four movies. All right. Still don't hate. So we'd love. It. Uh, you should. Same. Oh, it's because I've never read the book. Go read the book. Uh, you don't even need to have book. read the book to know that the Hobbit is garbage. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they were standard action movies to me. I mean, that's what I got out of them. And is that was expecting? And I got is the a standard lore, action and I got movie acceptable actors. to you after happy. Lord of the Rings? Really, happy. a standard action movie is acceptable at that point. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, the, that trilogy was by itself. Like it was. This fine. is what's wrong with this country, we're Matt. We, we paid money this. to go see Fast Nine. We're not allowed to show any. We did talk not to pay money to go see it. We get free actions. movie tickets. We paid fifty-four cents. Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> and that is what it was. That is what that movie was worth to go see. Oy vey. All right. Oh, well, we. We'd love to hear from anybody who stuck through our ranting the here. It was worth like twenty. They owe me twenty dollars for seeing Matt. <laughs> Just ignore Matt. I'm going to put him on mute here if he keeps chiming up. Uh, we would love to know what you think the best and worst movie adaptations are from your favorite books or just any books that you've read and you thought the movie was was good or bad. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to hear those thoughts. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate that support. And until next time, enjoy the movies. Get out there this weekend. Go see something in theaters. They're open. They need your support. Except for The Hobbit.